You're listening to A Prophet, a collaboration between Sakhlain and Al-Hujja Islamic Seminary. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider becoming our patron by donating at sakhlain.org support. We continue our examination of the biography of the Holy Prophet As we mentioned before initially the first stage of revelation was low profile. The Prophet had not gone public with the religion of Islam. It was a period in which the early Muslims were being prepared for what was to come. So the, f- the first two, three years were basically, we shouldn't call it, you know, it was not a private movement or secret movement, but it was very low profile. Then the second stage as we examined was the hadith of Dar in which the Prophet ﷺ gathered his own family members and relatives from Bani Hashim and he specifically made an invitation to them for them to join him. And then the third stage was what? to go public, fully public with the mission to preach to everyone including the elite of Quraysh. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reveals verses 94 and 95 of Surah Al-Hijr. That's when the third stage begins. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells him go out all public with this. فَاسْدَعْ بِمَا تُؤْمَر O Messenger, You've been commanded with a message, go public with it, announce it. Ignore the pagans. We shall protect you from those who mock you. So this was a very difficult stage because when you go public, you will face a lot of resistance. You just take your mission to a whole new level. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is comforting the Prophet. Don't worry, we'll take care of you. So when the Prophet went public with his mission, we see that Quraysh, the Arabs of Mecca, they intensified their campaign against the Prophet. Before that they would mock him, attack him, but because he had not fully gone public with it, you know, it was low profile. Maybe they'd say some things here and there, but they really did not have a campaign, solid campaign against him. But when the Prophet went public with his mission, Then they intensified their campaign, they organized a campaign against the Prophet. That was year three. So this is around year three after revelation, yes. That's when the Prophet went public. They would mock him, they would ridicule him. They realized, you know what, this is serious. This man is not budging, he is not, you know, compromising. He really does have a mission. Initially they were not sure what is he up to. They were not sure that he really does have a religion and he's, he wants to invite everyone in the world. They, did not, they were not aware of that. After Allah commands the Prophet to go public, they're like, no, this guy's serious. He's got a new religion and there are no signs that he's going to back out. He's continuing in his mission. He's persistent and he's gaining followers. That disturbed them. So they figured that the best way to deal with the Prophet at that time, ruin his reputation, slander him, 
brainwash the people, use a very strong propaganda machine to discourage people from joining the Prophet you know they wanted to sway public opinion against him and honestly that ha this had a big effect, it stopped many many people from joining Islam because when you, because people already when there is someone who has something new you already face resistance, people are already skeptical, people don't like change right? On top of that when you ruin the Prophet's reputation, you attack him, you accuse him, that really discouraged a lot of people from joining the religion of Islam, it makes it much less likely for you to see the truth when you see the person who has that mission being slandered. So this really did have an impact and this disappointed the Prophet he was really sad when all of this happened, so Allah comforts him, Allah says go public, invite everyone to Islam, even the leaders of Quraysh, the elite of Quraysh, invite them one and one, but don't worry, don't let anything stop you, even if they mock you, ignore them, this shows the akhlaq of Quran, those who attack the Prophet, the Prophet would not kill them, go after them, no he would simply ignore them, in another verse Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells the Prophet and we know that your chest becomes tight, that's an Arabic expression, because of what they say, so what should you do? Fight them? Kill them? Unfortunately we see some Muslims today, they take the path of violence, right? The Prophet never treated them violently, worship Allah and prostrate, that's the only recipe, formula, direction that Allah gives to the Prophet when someone hurts you with their speech, Allah doesn't say go imprison them, kill them, destroy them and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promises the Prophet victory, those who mock you just ignore them, we have protected you from those who mock you and no one will be able uh, to stop your mission. So the Prophet after God revealed this verse, he went public, how did this happen? We have two hadiths that capture how this happened, so it is reported that he stood in Masjid al-Haram by the Kaaba and he made the public announcement. What did he say? Ya ma'shar Quraysh, O people of Quraysh. Ya ma'shar al-Arab, O Arabs. Ad'ukum ila shahadati an la ilaha illallah. I invite you to bear witness that there is no God but Allah. Wa anni rasulullah. And I am the messenger of Allah. I command you to stop worshipping these idols and ascribing partners to God. Respond to me, accept my invitation. Look, it's not only about the Akhirah. If you are scared that I'm going to take the power from you and you will become helpless people, no. If you follow me, you'll be masters, all other Arabs will look up to you, you will have uh, important positions in society, you will become leaders, so there isn't only a religious incentive here, no there's a worldly incentive, I promise you that I will not, I'm not here to seek power, you will be power, powerful, all other Arabs will look up to you and your power, so you know he was just comforting them that I'm not here to take power from anyone and 
and you'll be kings in paradise. What more do you want? The best of both worlds. You want the world? Join me. You want the akhirah? Join me. But what happened? See the Prophet was not leaving any room for excuse. Don't justify and say, oh this Muhammad came and he wants to take the power from us. That's not the case. But the arrogant ones rejected. Yes, they knew collectively they would gain power. The Prophet would empower that society. But the elite of Mecca who exploited the weak, who oppressed other people, they didn't like this change that was about to come. Because they knew that Muhammad, yes, he'll bring them power collectively, but he'll bring justice. They did not like justice. So they rejected what he had to say. What was their response after the Prophet made this announcement in Masjid al-Haram? What was their response? They said, Junna Muhammad ibn Abdullah. Muhammad, the son of Abdullah, has gone mad. He's become crazy. Now brothers and sisters, we've heard this repeatedly, that the Prophet was accused of being insane. But honestly, if you just think about it, if you just think about how painful this was for the Prophet. Remember, at this time he's around 43 years old. He's not a kid. He's an old man. He's, a, he's an adult. He is the greatest of God's creation. He is a man known for his honesty, for his truthfulness. When your own society slanders you and considers you crazy, that's very, very painful. It's the worst accusation. You know, sometimes people can accuse you, oh, you know, this person, they could come up with any accusation. You oppressed us, you're arrogant, you're this and that. It's not as bad. But when people accuse you that you've gone mad, it's very difficult. A person who honors and values his dignity, that is the worst accusation. So this was really, really painful on the heart of your society. When you live in a society that respects you, for 40 years you've been respected, you have such an amazing reputation, then they come and accuse you of being insane. We, we cannot imagine what happened to the hearts of the Holy Prophet Just imagine, just imagine you, a lot of us, we're not even leaders in society, we don't have a fraction of the reputation the Prophet had. Imagine if your society tomorrow comes out on social media accusing you of go going mad. What will happen to you? Absolutely. But what about him? It's a very difficult test. Just realize the difficulty the Prophet had to go to, had to go through. So they accused him of this. Another narration states the Prophet was standing at the Mount of Safa. You know, you do the sa'i between Safa and Marwa, it's just across from the Kaaba. Then he asked them, O Quraysh, if I were to tell you, this is before he made the public announcement. If I were to tell you that behind this mountain there is a caravan of horses approaching, would you believe me? They said, yes, we'd believe you because you're the truthful. We never caught you lying in your life. You have an impeccable reputation. There's no reason why we should doubt you. 
Then he told them, if that is the case, then believe in one God, stop worshipping the idols. If you don't, a big punishment will await you on the day of judgment. Now something very painful happened here. They're all silent. Imagine this is a public announcement, new religion, new beliefs, new ideas. Imagine that silence and everyone's waiting. What's the next move? Those big crowds in Masjid al-Haram, are they going to accept his message? Are they going to reject him? Is anyone going to stand up to the Prophet? Who stood up to the Prophet? Abu Lahab, the very uncle of the Prophet. He stood up to the Prophet in front of everyone and he told him, is this why you gathered us? And he slandered the Prophet and everyone left the scene. When your own relative stands up, embarrasses you, disqualifies you, can you just imagine what happened to the Prophet Had it been someone else, okay, you could handle it. But when it's your own uncle, what kind of damage does that to you? You know, imagine if you're trying to make a point to other people and then your own brother interrupts you and embarrasses you. Some, some of us may have been in some similar situations, right? It's very painful. We, we have to appreciate the pain the Prophet went through. Immense pain. You're standing, everyone's anxious to hear this message and then your own uncle gets up and disqualifies you. Very big test. So he attacks the Prophet and then he said, Tabban deen. The word tab in Arabic means uh, like when you wish death for someone, destruction, destruction to this deen, destruction to your hands, O Muhammad, for saying this. After that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed Surah Lahab. Tabbat yada Abi Lahab. Allah defended the Prophet. You say destruction to Islam and Muhammad? No, destruction to your hands, O Abu Lahab. Tabbat yada Abi Lahab wa tab. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rebuked what Abu Lahab did and Allah promised that he would torture him in hell for his corruption and for him standing in the way of the Holy Prophet And he said that a number of times. Remember the hadith of Dar when the Prophet gathered his family members? The, first, the only one to object to him was Abu Lahab. He objected to him, he called this magic, he said tabbat yadak. Very, very corrupt, this uncle of the Prophet. And the Prophet really, you know, struggled a lot because of the stance of his Prophet. Now one thing that infuriated Quraysh, okay, yes, the day of judgment, we don't really believe in it, how can these bones come back to life? Okay, believing in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they already kind of did have some belief in God. What really infuriated them was that the Prophet rejected their idols. Remember, they worshipped those idols. 360 idols were mounted on the Kaaba. Each tribe had their own dedicated idol. So the Prophet came and he rejected those idols. He condemned them. What is this? This is idol worshipping. They went furious. You're going against our own idols. This is an insult to our religion, to our forefathers. Because you're essentially saying that our forefathers were wrong. 
and you're condemning our idols, they could not take that. But what the Prophet ﷺ was teaching them is that by assigning idols and worshipping them, this is an insult to God. It's an insult to Allah when you worship Him alongside idols, stones, dates. You're insulting your own intellect. You the human being, you're greater than the idol that you're worshipping. You know those Arabs, some of the idols they make, they make them from dates. And then they used to eat them when, when at, in times of uh, you know drought. So they wouldn't starve, they'd eat them. They'd make their own God and then eat their own God and then go to the bathroom. That's an insult to human intellect. The Prophet was telling them, stop insulting your intellect. You're greater than the idol that you worship. What's the matter with you? You know, one difference between those who worship Prophet Isa السلام, and those who worship the idols, of course it's shirk to worship Prophet Isa السلام, but Islam considers them people of the book, right? They're not, they, they're, we don't classify them with the mushrikeen. Because see, at least worshipping someone like Isa, even though it's wrong, at least there's a perspective to it. Isa used to do miracles, he would revive the dead, cure the blind. Okay, you could see how someone would worship someone like that, right? It's wrong, but you could see how someone would do that because Isa had powers we don't have. And that could make some people who are ignorant think, okay, he's divine. But a stone for God's sake, a stone that can't move, can't help itself, how could you worship that? That's the, that's the worst type of belief. Shirk is the worst type of belief. But they didn't like that. They didn't like the fact that the Prophet ﷺ was denouncing their idols. And so they tried to attack the Prophet ﷺ. They tried to hurt him. But Abu Talib would defend the Prophet. He was a pillar of support. No one dared to come and physically hurt the Prophet when Abu Talib, his uncle, the father of Imam Ali ibn Abi Talib السلام, would stand up to them. He would threaten anyone who would come to you know, threaten the Prophet. He was well respected by Quraysh 